Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Upgrades. Making something better. And we dealt with upgrading your identity last Tuesday. This Tuesday, we'd like to direct your attentions to the attention to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. I would like this Tuesday to talk a little bit about upgrading your walk. And the walk is the life, not your actual steps that you take, but literally or figuratively the steps we do take in this life. The way that we negotiate ourselves while we're down here on this earth. And so it's like, preacher, but do you have a joke today? I am going to be the joke today. So I'd like to give an illustration. I learned to walk in Jacksonville, if you don't believe that. I learned to walk in Jacksonville on stilts. And you know those clowns in parades? They're, they're really tall. Well, they're actually walking on stilts. They're probably not, you know, eight feet tall or nine feet tall. And so when you're working in an installation, you can't reach the, the ceiling, right? Because you're too short. Well, you could get on a ladder, but if you have to move a lot, Ladders, you have to keep climbing up and climbing down. It's not the best thing. So they have these things called stilts. And you actually strap them on and uh, it increases your height. What, two or three feet? Four foot. Four feet. You know, I think I had them fully extended. And so I put them on and uh, took a step and fell. (laughs) One step. And I had seen people walk on these for years, and I thought it was easy. One step, and I began to fall. And then I grabbed a uh, scaffolding, which was, had wheels on it, and it began to roll. <laughs> so that didn't help. And someone came in and saved the day. Someone came in and stopped me from going to the emergency room, okay? And then I got back up, and I realized, well, this is a new thing. This is a new walk. And so I had to change, and really you change the way that you lift your foot. And now, I don't know, I don't dress in high heels, okay? But for a lady, you probably walk a little different in high heels than you do. I see my daughter, she's nine, and she has some, what they call wedges. And she kind of like, you know, she tries to walk like a grown-up. But it's a different kind of walk in high heels than if you're in tennis shoes, okay? Put it that way. I'll never know, okay? I'll never know what it's like. But I do know that when you're walking on stilts, it's like you have to lift your heel and there's a a little pause before the, the heel actually lifts off the floor. And so after I fell and got back up, I immediately put one hand on something that did not move, okay? Like something that was on the wall or something that was on, you know, uh, uh, you know, something I could grab on the ceiling. And uh, I carried the insulation with the other hand and began to stuff it up there. And I learned how to have a new 
walk. And that's what I'd like to teach about tonight. And uh, going back to Luke chapter 5 as an illustration, there was a man that was let down. Uh, the roof was broken up and this paralyzed man, he was let down in the midst before Jesus. They had to hire insulation guys to fix the roof later, right? With stilts. No, they didn't probably. But the Bible says, so we want to look at three parts of an upgraded walk. And so when they brought this man before Jesus, what was the first thing that Jesus said? He said, man, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they all had a problem with that. And so that's one of the first things, though. But I don't believe Jesus uh, is out of order. I know he knows exactly what we need first. So the thing I'd like to share first, how do I upgrade my walk? I want to have a, a change of the way I negotiate life. Well, you first upgrade your walk by sitting down. Say, no, 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 preacher. You need to, you need to work out. That's how you need to, you need to, you need to, you know, practice walking. That's not what the Bible says. You know, it's interesting. Putting on stilts. Do you know how I started my walk? I would have to, you've done this, right? You find a pony wall, one of those like four foot walls, and you sit and then you put your stilts on. You don't sit down on the ground. It's, that's like, that would be a viral video, right? You have to sit in order to walk. You know, it's the same thing with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ didn't tell the man, rise up and walk. You know what he said? He said, your sins are forgiven you. He knew that this man, for a new walk, he needed to sit before he walked. So, well, preacher, what do you mean sit? The Bible says it in Ephesians. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit. That's what we need to do first before we walk. Together with Christ, it says, by grace ye are saved. We are sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, before we begin to walk, we need to realize that we need the grace of God in every part of our lives. And if you go a few more scriptures, it says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And that's one of the keys about the Christian walk. If you want to upgrade your walk, first of all, we need to realize that we need God. That we need God. And if you don't, you'll wind up trying to work your way to heaven or work your way to do this. Uh, so in Genesis, you read those first, uh, the first chapter of Genesis, and God is busy, right? God did this on the first day, and he looked, and he was, and it was good. And then on the second day, he did this, and it was good. And God was very busy for those first six days, and he... he uh, uh, made man out of the clay of the ground and he formed him and breathed breath into him. And the Bible said that at the end of the day, that was the sixth day. And what did he do on the seventh day? Chilled out. Right? I was going to say barbecue, but it doesn't say that. It said he rested on the seventh day. It wasn't because God was tired. It was because God was done. It was finished. The work was done. And if you think, when was man made? Man was made on the, the sixth day. At the end of the day, man was made. So what did man have to do? Well, man's first day on this earth was 
the seventh day. What is, is the Sabbath? It was a time of rest. The first thing man was supposed to do, and it's really a message for all of us. Sometimes you can get very busy in your Christian life, but the first thing that God wanted man to do was rest. I said, I want you to sit. I just want you to rest. And you know, there's a lot of things uh, that God has for us. Um, but sometimes we need to think, wait a second. Um, God just wants to give them to me. I don't have to earn them. I love, I love, I love uh, tipping. I don't like to go to a restaurant if I don't have a tip. I mean, you can put it on the card. And I asked, I asked a waiter, do you get the tips if I put them on the, you know, the, the debit card or whatever? And they're like, yeah, we get them. But there's something about handing someone cash. You know, it's already theirs. It's in their pocket. So I, I like to tip waiters with cash. And... Uh, so my wife and I were at a place. I don't remember where it was. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I haven't even been there. I'm, I mean, we did some steakhouse. What's that one down? Cowherds or Calfords? Calford? Calfords. We did the tile at Calfords Place when I was working for a place. And I've never been inside of the restaurant. I've looked in like a homeless person. It's like an expensive steak restaurant. Never been inside the restaurant but you know that my wife and i were at some other type of place and i don't remember what it was yeah yeah some little restaurant and so i tipped the waiter the waiter came over hey i'm gonna take care of you and i tipped him at the beginning of the restaurant experience and the waiter took the money i mean we hadn't even ordered drinks you know that kind of thing and the waiter said you know basically was flustered like and they said this right but I haven't done anything, right? Did, what did they say? Something like that? I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> and I was like, that is just like Jesus. And God wants to give you something and you're like, I haven't done anything yet. And God says, well, just let me give you salvation. Let me give you forgiveness. But I haven't done anything yet. And you know, there's a lot of people that came up to Jesus. They hadn't done anything yet. But like that woman with the issue of blood said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'm gonna be healed from my plague. And that's the way that we ought to look at Jesus for our walk. First, we have to receive something from God. And God doesn't want you to do something. Well, he does. He wants you by faith to receive from him. How do you receive? How do you earn salvation? You don't. You receive it. How do you earn healing? So I preach you, I have to cry at the altar. You don't. You just receive it. You receive salvation. How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? You receive the, in fact, you could receive all three, salvation, healing, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost in one minute. You get saved, you're eligible to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't even have to be a Christian to get healed. It's just by faith. But you can do all of these things without taking a step in the world. You could just do them at your pew and not even have to come to the altar. It's simply faith. Why? Because God wants us to sit before we walk and it's interesting it's in ephesians chapter 2 the bible says he made us sit ephesians chapter 4 he talks about the walk sitting is before walking and you know it's true if you're ever in a school bus we're not leaving until all you kids sit down you know that it's the same thing they don't go most of us don't let our kids stand up we did it the other day right because we had to go somewhere my daughter was still in the back so, but usually kids are all buckled in and everything. 
across the street, right? So we sit before we walk. Why? And it's interesting, in Luke chapter 5, we said that he said, Man, thy sins be forgiven thee. You have to meet the crucified Savior before you meet the resurrected Savior. See, a lot of people will preach about Easter, and Easter is important, but before Easter, Jesus was crucified. If you miss the crucifixion, you miss all of the power of Jesus Christ. You don't understand why he rose from the dead. Well, he was dead. Well, what caused Jesus to be dead? Jesus died for our sins so that all of these blessings could be that's why we have a cross behind us there's no like empty tomb behind us that's not the the uh symbol of the christians the tomb with the stone rolled away although it's great and the the savior did rise but jesus wanted people to know that the that the son of man hath power on earth to forgive sins and god still forgives sins and say well preacher you know, because a lot of times, let me tell you this, if, if you've been, uh, so I'm a dad, okay, and if my daughter thinks that I'm mad at her, you know what she does? Nothing. <laughs> she just puts her head down, sits in her room or sits in a chair, and she's all depressed, and I'm like, honey, what's wrong? She goes, I thought you were mad at me. And sometimes I am upset, you know, sometimes I'm... <laughs> but I'm not harboring resentment against my kid. But if she thinks it, if she thinks she's done something wrong against me, it takes it to where she has no joy in her life. I'm not talking about parents and children, but what I am talking about, and I'll come up and say, honey, we love you, and you know, but if we think we've done something against God... <laughs> and God's mad at us, we're not going to be out there inviting people to church, praying for healing. You know what you're going to be? Scrolling Facebook. You're just going to be depressed. You're going to be like, I'm just going to go home and eat some chips and ice cream because God's mad at me. You know what? That's why we need to sit first. That's why we need to realize, wait a second, God is a God that loves us. Jesus didn't, the man didn't even ask Jesus to forgive him of his sins. He said, hey, your sins are forgiven. You're here. I'm just going to tell you what I got for you. God's not mad at us. Now, God's mad at sin. But God took out all of his wrath on his son, Jesus Christ. And so he wouldn't have to take it out on you and me. In fact, I heard one preacher say this. If you go to hell, you'll be trespassing. Never heard that before. It was created for the devil and his angels. Hell was not created for man. Hell was, hell was never meant to be a place for mankind. And Jesus Christ went to the cross so that no man would have to go to hell. We have to sit first. Where? Sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, well, preacher, there's something that's not right in my life right now. Well, if it's a sin, let God deal with it and just get rid of it. You know, sometimes we just... With my daughter, it's usually something called attitude. You know, that attitude. Dad doesn't like that attitude. Amen. So, uh, but if we need our attitude, just, just say, okay, God, I got it. I'm going to let it go. And you know what? I'm not going to hold on to those things because I want the next step. So we upgrade our walk first by sitting. I told you I had to put on my stilts sitting down. But the second thing, it said that we would walk worthy 
of the Lord. The next thing, you see, when God told this man in Luke chapter 5, after he forgave him of his sin, the Bible said, uh, But ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch from Jan's house and take it to your house. Oh, no, this didn't say that. It was a thing he was laying on. But arise, take up that bed that you're sleeping on and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. So he had a new walk, a walk that did what? It glorified God. When you get saved, that's one thing we're going to do is we're going to want to glorify Jesus Christ. And by sitting, you realize that, man, without God, I'm nothing. You know, Jesus will teach you that real quick, too. And we upgrade our walk. The second thing I want to share, so you upgrade by sitting, you upgrade by learning. The first step that I took, I fell. And you say, well, this man got up, preacher. He got up and he walked out and uh, everyone was glorifying God. Yeah, but he was in the church service. Bro, anybody can pray in the church service and say, amen. Did you get saved? Yes. Did you get the Holy Ghost? Yes. Did you get healed? Yes. But when you walk out the door and you get in the car and you're on your way home, it's easier to slip when you're on there. Why? Remember when Peter was walking on the water? I mean, he was fine as long as he had his eyes on Jesus. He could do it. But then he looked around and there was wind. He saw that it was boisterous and he didn't see the wind, right? But he saw the effects of the wind, the waves. Maybe he got hit. You ever been hit by a wave in the face? Right up the nose, all that salt water. In the case of him, it would have been that, this uh, lake water. <laughs> and then he's looking around. He panics a little bit and he starts to sink. Well, see, so what is he doing? Well, he was walking fine when he had his eyes on Jesus. And I wonder, this man, when he walked out of that place, uh, you know, maybe he's like, man, I am good. Ah! And then that was all he did. And he fell into a ditch or something like that. You know, we upgrade our walk by learning. When I fell, uh, the Bible said that, that a righteous man, he falls seven times and he rises up again. You know, there's times in your life when the preacher's not around or whatever, you can say hallelujah in church. And you say, well, preacher, I, I made a poor choice and different things. Well, let me tell you this. Even poor choices can be a blessing if you learn from them. Can I tell you that you can learn more by failing than by succeeding? Do you know that even sports teams, they don't, they don't change a whole lot if they're winning, right? They just, so they, they lose their innovation, right? Because they're doing pretty good. They have pretty good records. But if they have a blowout and it's a mess, they'll change a bunch of stuff. Enter the Jaguars, right? I mean, they were just like really having a bad time and they changed the coach and they changed the quarterback and they, I think they changed a bunch of other people, right? And they almost made it to the playoffs, right? They really changed. But failure caused the changes. So I so said, well, preacher, but I had stumbled. But you know that... Uh, I learned more about walking on stilts by falling one time than I learned by watching people walk on stilts for years. You see, when it happens in your own life, and you see, because God takes us to a higher standard. And, and there's something that I, my wife and I were talking about. So even with, 
you know, if you, if you have a little hiccup or something like that, there are things that we're going through now that God will use years down the road. Things that you're facing now, God will use. He is preparing you for something that you're going to face down the road right now. That skill that you learned or that thing that you had to go through administratively, everything in the Christian's life is mapped out. And so I wouldn't uh, uh, kind of push away whatever you say, oh, preacher, but I didn't expect to do this and I had to go get this done at the mechanic's office or at the doctor's office. God is preparing you in your walk for something in the future. Maybe it'll be a blessing to someone else because you faced the same thing in your past. But don't, and I was just talking to, we were dealing with buying a building and the lady that's working for the county that we're dealing with, she used to work up in Jacksonville where I would take the water samples in. So I knew her old job where she used to work and I knew the guy that used to sit in the other place. I think his name was Vincent. She goes, yeah, Vincent's still there. So I knew what she was talking about and I'm like, wow, who would have thought that taking water samples for my job years ago would be a blessing in buying a building in a different county because God works in our lives as we're walking. There's no wasted days as a Christian. God will begin to speak that we would walk worthy. The Bible said of the vocation where we are called. Jesus calls us to walk for him, but as we're walking, we are working for Jesus. So be mindful of that thing that you're going through. That might turn out to be a real blessing to you 10 years down the road. So don't put it away and say, oh, this is a waste of time. It might be a real blessing. I remember Pastor Keckel was sharing, everyone in here I think knows Pastor Keckel, that uh, he wanted to be a missionary. And the pastor at the time, Pastor Davis, said, I want you to work in administration. And he's like, administration? I don't want to work in administration. That's the office, okay? I don't want to work in the office. I mean, most preachers don't want to get a call to preach and then go type on a computer. I mean, that's not most preachers, okay? He was one of them, but he did it. And you know what it you know what it did for him? Well, he runs he's the CEO now. If you're the CEO, you need to know how to run the office. You need to know how to run the computer systems. You need to know the logistics and different things from the headquarters. But he didn't see it, but he was saying at the time, he didn't realize it, but God was preparing him to do other things in his walk for God. So God is preparing us to do other things by the things we're doing right now. Okay, so the last thing, upgrade your walk. Walk worthy of the vocation where we are called by being intentional. The Bible said that when Jesus told this man to rise up and walk, Jesus had a place for him to go. So where is he going to go? He said, arise, take up thy couch and go into thine house. He had a goal. Say, well, that's no big deal. He just told him to go home. No, 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 no. Jesus said, this is what I want you to do. You know, whether it's going to Bible study or whether it's going, it's like, you know what? Let me do what God wants me to do. And I don't know how many times I've been around and, and you feel this like urge 
to eat a donut. No, you feel like an urge to invite someone out to church. I don't, I don't, I'm sure that if you're a Christian, you felt that. Someone walks by or whatever, and God's like them. And you're like, oh, God. And you have this little conversation. I don't know, God. They might think I'm crazy and I'm dirty and I have bad breath. And you make all these excuses. And then you're like, okay, I'll just do it. Right? It, really? You never felt that? I wage that. And it takes about three seconds. And you're waging this war. God, is that really you? Is that just me? Is, let me just do it. And uh, you can even blame Jesus. Say, hey, God told me to invite you out to church. But what is that? God wants you to do something. You see, God has, God doesn't send angels. You know what he sends? He sends Christians. He sends people that, that know Jesus to speak to people about Jesus. And the Bible says that this man was told, he said, arise. He said, go home. I want you to go. So a preacher, he just told him to go home. That's not a great message from God. I don't know who he saw on his way home. But you know what he was doing on the way home? Probably the same thing that he was doing in that place where he was healed, glorifying God. And when they saw him, they looked at that man that was paralyzed, and they're like, what happened to you? If you have a moment, you're not going to believe this. And what did he do? He just reiterated the gospel of Luke chapter 5. <laughs> Jesus touched me. Well, did you study and go? No, he just, he just told me to get up and I got up. Say, so, well, did you have to pay him? No, he told me to get up and I, tell me where I can find this Jesus. That's a pretty good deal, right? It's just like, oh, you need something the doctors can't do? Oh, just, just go ahead and get up. It's like, oh, hallelujah, I'll take that. You know that God still heals. I was sharing with my, uh, my wife was sharing with me, her brother had hurt himself before, uh, he came to a conference. He fell off a ladder, a high ladder. And uh, he still came to conference with, you know, hurting and, you know, and in a prayer meeting, God healed him. And just God just touched him. It wasn't even during a service. It was before the service. And uh, he said, I could, you know, he said he, he could, you know, move his back back and forth. And, and, you know, God still heals. And, you know, that that's, and, and what do you think? I think he probably told a lot of people. And, you know, that when God does something for you, Walk worthy of who did that thing for you and be mindful that the one who saved you is keeping you. But the one who saved you and he's keeping you, be intentional that he can save somebody else. You hold the key. What is that key? Jesus Christ. Christ in you. That key to tell someone else, hey, you just need Jesus. You don't need uh, to read 50 chapters of the Bible and give a bunch of money. You just need to trust Jesus and let God work in your life. And you can change someone's life by introducing them to Jesus. You know, you, I'm about done, but you've heard of premeditated murder. It's not a good thing, right? <laughs> but that word, premeditated, that means it's thought about beforehand. Has anyone ever premeditated about what you want to do tomorrow? You have a schedule. You have, have you ever premeditated your budget? No, nah, preacher, I spent all my money and, no. It's a budget, it's premeditated, right? It's like, no, I'm gonna have this go here and this. Have you ever premeditated soul winning? Say, to, you know what, today I'm gonna be intentional. You know, if you do that, it'll totally change your day. I'm gonna take a church card, I'm gonna have it in my wallet, my purse, not my purse, <laughs> with my high heels. No, that's gonna be my wife, right? You don't even really wear high heels, do you? 
I like high heels, but not on me. I like high heels on my wife. And I need to buy you some black high heels. I think those would be cool. So, Preacher, what are you talking about? I'm married. That's why people get married, okay? You get right. It's not wrong. That's the thing that will fix this, this culture if people begin to do things within the context of marriage. But anyway, so um, put that one church card in there and say, you know what? Today I'm going to have a premeditated, I am going to invite someone to church. They don't have to say yes, but I'm going to be intentional today. What about intentional on making a decision? Whatever decision you make, I'm not going to eat after 8 o'clock. That's premeditated. What is? It's living an intentional life. And so uh, I'm about done, but uh, it's when I got up, so the first thing I had to do was sit down. You got to sit first. The second thing I had to do, I fell and had to figure out this new walk because it's a completely different walk than my old walk when I was walking on stills. The third thing, and I maybe didn't share this, but... I held something that didn't move. When I was walking, I always, and I wasn't very good, okay? I know that other people, they just walk around, but I held something that was the building. I held a board or something that was affixed to the wall, right? And we need to hold on to Jesus. When we're walking, we need to hold on to Jesus. That, that, that man that was healed at the gate, beautiful, he held on to Peter and John. He held on to them. He's like, you guys aren't getting away from me. He was healed, but he wanted to hold on. He had faith in those that told him about Jesus. So as we're being intentional, let's hold on to Jesus. And you know, you'll never fall if you hold on to Jesus. Because you know what? God is love, and the Bible says love never fails. God will never fall. He'll never falter. And the Bible also says this. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You can upgrade your walk. So sit first, then learn how to learn how to do new things. Get up when you fall. And the third thing is be intentional. And by that, I mean hold on to Jesus. Walk worthy of the vocation. It says, wherewith you are called. Vocation means to be called. That's what it means. It's not a job. It's a calling. And Christianity is a calling. Have an upgraded walk. Be intentional. Be intentional tomorrow. You know what? If you're intentional, you'll get a lot done. You'll get a lot done. You get a lot done for Jesus too. You just slip right in there. Father, I've spoken your word, but Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts about upgrading our walk. And first, let us not try harder, but let us accept all the blessings that you have. Let us sit first. Let us sit in heavenly places. Let us sit with a new perspective, a higher perspective. Let us sit in the abundance of your blessings for uh, all of the spiritual blessings are given to us and they come down from heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then let us learn that failure is not fatal, it's not final, that we can get back up in this new walk and that you do love us and care for us. And the third thing, let us be intentional. Let us hold on to you, Jesus, and by faith go forward and let's win someone for Jesus Christ. Let's have a real change in Jacksonville, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you is our prayer.